0: We feel it. students all day every day it's the dream job if you ever want it I come talk to me I will hook you up uh, it is a great job to be here I also love it because I went to William Mary and so uh, the tribe is part of my blood uh, and I'm excited to get to start year two with y'all back here this is going to be my second year here on staff um, and we're so excited for you to be here um, one of the best parts about William & Mary When I was in college, was being a part of university, and so as you're exploring different things to do on campus, uh, we hope that you might consider finding your home here too. Um, I'm a Virginia Beach kid. Any Virginia Beach people out there? (laughs) One. Okay, Matthew, I'm gonna say it again, and this time you're gonna give me a loud woo. Okay? Any Virginia Beach people out there? Woo! big part of who I am. I recently uh, converted from flip-flops to chakos, so don't uh, don't (laughs) let that fool you. I am a beach kid at heart, um, and that is is just a part of me. Uh, The other thing is I love marble. along the road has explained it to you, uh, and what we are really at the heart of it is a community. We're a community of women, & Mary students um, seeking to ask hard questions, um, seeking to grow in life together, uh, and to explore what does it mean, uh, this idea of faith and God and college and all these things. Um, and when I was in college, the one thing that I knew that I needed was a Christian community, and I settled here in InterVarsity because of That all the upperclassmen have shown me. So I hope you get a taste of that. Um, Our vision, though, is to be a a missional, multicultural community that is compelled by the gospel to seek the transformation of individuals across campus. And you're going to hear that a lot in the next few weeks because we're going to we want to introduce you to this. That's why we're doing this whole hello, my name is. We want you to get a taste of our Uh, And it breaks down into those three key things, missional. We want to be a community that doesn't just hide. Uh, We want to go out into campus and share the good news of who Jesus is. We want to be multicultural. Uh, We want to be a community of diverse ethnic backgrounds, of diverse socioeconomic backgrounds, of men and women, all these different people here in one room together. Uh, We at InterVarsity believe that in order to see the fullness of God, That's why we love singing in different languages. I never had sung worship in a different language until I showed up in university. And so it takes some getting used to. You might have to learn some of the songs, but that's a key part of who we are. Uh, and then transformational. That's the third part of our vision, that we really want to see people transformed by Jesus, uh, becoming more and more like him every day. Uh, and so that's actually what we're going to be talking the most about tonight. And, as I was thinking about this idea of low my name is, I started breaking down the whole process of meeting someone. And sometimes you got to you know, break everything down to rebuild it up to make it into a thing. So I wanted to, to really quickly study what is it like to meet someone? You've probably met over, what, 200 people in the last week, you think? <laughs> Do you think in orientation it's like 200? you think maybe more? I don't know. Your whole hall? Maybe more. Who knows? So I'm going to break it down. And we can kind of see, uh, you can tell me if you think this is true or not. OK, so uh, the first process of meeting someone is the initial meeting, right? OK, let's throw this up here. This is the, hello, my name is, uh, introduction cycle. This is how you meet people. OK, so step one is you meet them, right? The first meeting. And this is, could be a really good thing, right? Because you were actually designed for relationships. So there's part of meeting a new person that can be pretty exciting. Um, I'm also an extrovert, so I get really excited when I meet new people. Uh, And sometimes it's a little to the extreme. But I think that meeting new people is supposed to be super exciting, right? And we, all of us, want deep friendships, right? We love the idea of that. And so when you probably showed up on the first day, you met your roommate, and that was like a big deal, because you're like, this could be my best friend. I'm excited. But then, you know, something happens. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. Now, when I was a freshman, uh, the way that we wanted to meet people on our hall, uh, we as a hall, I lived, okay, so back in my day, DuPont Hall was a freshman dorm, so I lived in DuPont. Any DuPonters out there? Yeah. Sweet, yes. So I lived in DuPont, and so my hall, D3C, DuPont Third Floor Center, uh, figured if we were gonna meet a bunch of new people, we wanted to make the best first impressions that we possibly could. And so we combined, we decided that we were gonna create Choreographed serenade song, and so that every uh, new freshman hall we would interact with, we had to present the song first because it was part of who we are. And you think I'm kidding, but I bought, brought video proof. So. Here's my I'm not in the frame at the first part. But when it pans right, you'll see me with a guitar, and I kind of look—I'm longer. Anyway, play. dance, right? <laughs> Okay, but going back to the first meeting, right, you, you have this idea that it's going to be really good, but then something happens, So yes. I said that before, and this is what happens. I'm going to call it the awkward moment. <laughs> okay, so the awkward moment can look like a variety of different things. Uh, the awkward moment could be they literally just said their name and now you forgot it. <laughs> okay, so what is their name? They just said, it. what is it? Okay, it rhymes with Bob, maybe. No, no, no. And then finally, you have a friend come up that you know, and you're like, okay, um, hey, this is my friend Brian. Have you met? And then you you know, you know, throw the arm out, and they're supposed to say their name, you know? And then they do, and if you're like, wow, that's literally my mom's name. How did I know <laughs> Like, that's the one name I'm supposed to know. It could be that, it could be you mess up their name. There's lots of different options. But I promise you that something awkward's gonna happen, right? Okay, especially when we've got a bunch of William & Mary people in the room. Not that we're not socially awkward, but we can have our moments, right? It's okay. There's going to be an awkward moment. And that can often lead us into fear of saying anything, right? It can can build this boundary of relationship, right? But then the next step is pretty fun. Because after you get through the awkward moment, you can actually become friends. You can actually connect with people despite those weird, awkward things of forgetting their uh, you or you can bond with people, do fun things. I'm sure you've done a lot of fun things in the last week with your people, um, and you can actually become friends. And I think that it's connected back to knowing their name. I have this friend named Nate Smith, uh, covered in tattoos. I love this guy. But it's just you see, you got this like biker guy image of Nate now, uh, but he's the most tender guy. He always refers to you by your name, and so we'd be in these conversations and be like, you know, Connor, that's really great of you, or you know, like. I was like, I've never felt so loved by a person. (laughs) And he's just saying my name. And I think that he used that as a way to become friends. And once you become friends, though, you can't stop there. Because the best part of having friends, to me, at least as an extrovert, is inviting them
1: to meet your friends, right? You make friends,
0: and then you invite them into your larger community um, so that you can all start to know each other. Now, some people like to hoard friends, right? (laughs) Okay, we all do it, but... Uh, uh, part of the design of relationships is for us to all know each other in some way. Uh, and that's why, okay, I joked about making connections by introducing to find a name, but it's not ill intent, right? This is my friend Brian. Meet him. Uh, become his friend too. We weren't actually designed just to have our own friends that we interact with. We were designed to build it into a community. And as we think about this cycle, I hope you think it's, it's true, Uh, I think that this cycle has been going on for a long time. And as I read interactions that Jesus had with people in the Bible, I see him uh, going through these very similar cycles. Now, if you're here tonight and you've never read the Bible, I just want to say you're not alone. You're definitely not the only person in the room, and we're so excited to be here. The way I break down the Bible is the Bible is a collection of stories, of poems, of literature, that all point us back to who God is. Uh, And Jesus' story specifically is told in the first four books of the New Testament. And everywhere throughout those books, Jesus is meeting and interacting with new people. And in this instance, going back to the video we watched before, he has this interaction with this woman at a well. Uh, And there's a lot of things that we can learn from this interaction, too. Uh, Because... Jesus kind of goes through this same cycle with her. Uh, And as you might have noticed from the video, it was not culturally normal for a Jew to interact with a Samaritan. The Samaritan people often um, were multi-ethnic people that mixed with Jews and Gentiles, people that weren't Jewish, um, that lived in sort of a separate section that were kind of outcasted from society. And so for Jesus to take a step into a relationship, a friendship with this woman, was a big step across <laughs> cultural barriers. So I love that video because it puts some art and some cool music and some spoken word behind the text. Um, but I'd love for us to read together what the scripture actually says. I don't want to use uh, just the video. Um, so we're going to be in John 4, and I'm going to throw it up on the screen um, in case this is new and Uh, If you want to pull it up on your phone, you can too. But I'm just going to read this for us. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. This is John the Baptist, a prophet who came before him. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus tried—no, sorry—Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, "Will you give me a drink?" And at this point, his disciples had gone into town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, "You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink?" For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. But Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. That's such an interesting introduction, right? Uh, Jesus breaks down this boundary. Um, I I like to imagine that Jesus probably said hello before he asked this question, but he might not. He jumps right into this And then he he starts going in about this living water. What is this living water? So we pick back up in verse 11. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Well, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never Indeed, the water I give them will be will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal. The woman said to him, "Sir, give me this water, so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming out here to draw water." He told her, "Go, call your husband, and come back." "I have no husband," she replied. Jesus said to her, "You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man now you you have is not husband. What you have just said is quite true, sir, the woman said. I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. We can stop there for a second. So I see two things happening here, again. Uh, I see an awkward moment. Uh, Jesus makes this uh, analogy of this living water, right? He's talking about something spiritual, something that's going to flow up and never stop running. Um, and she's like, oh, I want that. I want that water. Where, where are we going to find it, right? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about something else. We're on a different wavelength. And then it gets more awkward where he talks about that she has no husbands. In fact, she's had five husbands. And in the midst, though, of that awkward moment, uh, Jesus is stepping deeper. stepping into something deeper than just let's have some water and hang out here at this hot well. <laughs> 21. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. And a time is coming, it has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in the truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. What a cool moment. you've been eagerly expecting, these stories of this Jewish Messiah that was going to come and save everyone, then all of a sudden he's standing right in front of you and he introduces himself to you. I am he. I am God. I am the one to come make everything right. When we step into a relationship, uh, we have to enter in with vulnerability, like we saw him uh, reveal with the Then we also have to reveal something of ourselves, too. Jesus doesn't often tell people he's the Messiah, but in this case he did. And then she kind of gets super excited and, and kind of like just runs away and goes and tells everyone. And this is the cool part, because this gets into the fourth part of not keeping friends for ourselves. The woman at the well could have very easily kept this a secret. I found the living water, and I'm gonna have all of it. And I'm gonna keep coming back to it. It's just going to be for me. And, and maybe, you know, I could be the distributor of this water. But no, we see something cooler happen. Uh, in verse 28, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and they made their way towards him. Imagine being Jesus where you're about to get swamped by this crowd. <laughs> Literally, they're coming for you. When we invite people into community, especially community that's centered around Jesus, uh, there's something attractive about it. There's something that people want to know about it. Why are those people living differently? Why do they do what they do? There's a curiosity, right? Uh, and in this case, this whole community got to meet Jesus because of this one woman's story. And it was through her story that they were initially curious but then through them meeting and seeing the person of Jesus, um, that it changed everything for them. And what I love about this story is that we are also the woman at the well. Jesus is also uh, wanting to be in relationship with us. So I'm going to take it back, and I want to re-walk through the introduction cycle. But I want to walk through it um, as Jesus is. So Jesus' first step, he meets you. You, sitting here right now. I see you. I I know you. I made you. I want you to take off your name tag real quick. I hope it's going to stick back. I didn't test this before. I just want you to look at it. Jesus tonight, just like he said in the scripture to this woman, says to you, Whatever name is written on this, I see you. I know you. I made you. If you feel like if I if you have lost me here and you're like I don't know who Jesus is, I don't know why he's seeing me, what this name tag is, like this is weird, uh, this is a great opportunity to mark and say, uh, hey, I'd love to have a follow up conversation with someone about what the heck Connor was talking about. Uh, there will be an opportunity later. For say you want a conversation with someone. Um, but anyway, if you have met Jesus and you know him, I want you to be reminded tonight that he does see you. He does know you. He's made you. And he loves you. But then there was an awkward moment. You can sit here back. Home. The place. is nice. Sidney, I do everyone. There was an awkward moment in this because we turned our backs on him moment is that each of us has turned our backs on Jesus. Because of the brokenness of this world and the sin that exists in all of us, our relationship with Jesus is damaged, right? Every day we wake up in these cycles of sin, whether it's lying or lust or pride or arrogance or whatever it is, we've turned our backs. We want to do it our own way. Just figure it out our own. Good news, this is not where the story ends, right? Because the next thing Jesus has to say to step into deeper relationship is, I want to be in relationship with you anyway. I don't care that you turn your back on me. I'm going to die for you so that you might be in relationship with me. Jesus wanted to be introduced into relationship with us so much that he came down here. He suffered death on a cross he rose again so that he might know you and be in deep relationship with him. And when we experience that, when we live into faith, he has something else to say. Be in my family. Welcome to my community. Jesus spent his whole life inviting people into something bigger uh, than just them. He's inviting them into this huge family of faith, this kingdom of God uh, that everyone can be a part of. Experience, brother, sisterhood, all these different things. Jesus invited his disciples to be a part of this. His disciples come back from this and he's like, they're like, What are you why are you talking to this woman? Like, what's going on? We don't talk to them. And he's like, that's your sister. Like, this is literally. What we're here for—we are here to build this bigger family, uh, and we get to be a part of that, right? Through church, through communities like university, um, through all these different avenues. Part of that for me uh, was those guys from that uh, serenade video. Mm-hmm. Became some of my best friends, brothers in Christ. Some of those women too. Actually, one of—well, uh, he's not—he was like a pseudo guy in our hall. I'm mm-hmm. actually about to leave tomorrow, actually, to go to California to be in a wedding with some of these same guys from this freshman home. I'll be back next week, I promise. But the community that Jesus invited me to be a part of um, transcended even my college experience. And so that is my hope for you, uh, that your college experience might be restored for something better, that you wouldn't settle for something mediocre, for being alone, for living here alone, But I hope that you live into knowing Jesus, believing in his death and resurrection and what that means for you, Uh, living into his community. I hope that that can be a part of your college experience, too. And I hope that our community can start to be shaped beyond just these walls, that we can be a people that goes out uh, and starts to be agents of of community builders on campus. Right? Uh, Faith is often something that's deeply personal but we don't want to be a place where we can just keep it in this room. You might be thinking, what does that look like, to go and build communities on campus? It might look like having spiritual conversations with people, like it, that takes people just one step closer to God. It could be going and serving the community through community like uh, organizations like Greater City or the homeless shelter or through your local church. It could be building intentional cross-cultural relationships with people of different ethnicities working in bringing racial reconciliation to this campus. could be fighting for justice of women in our community, making sure their voices are heard, that they're an equal part So, we're going to transition in a minute into just a time of reflection and silence. Uh, and one of the things that we have, and not if you can grab that one, is, is just a simple card. Uh, and I'm calling it the My Fall 2018 Commitments card. Um, and, Josh, do you mind sending some down And So, all we're going to do is uh, for this card, is just for you. The bottom part is also not just for you. <laughs> There's a little part. Um, that you can also give to us you in order to have some of these conversations that might be helpful for you. So there's three invitations on this part. The first uh, is a commitment to just remaining curious in your time in college and having an open mind about spiritual things. If you're coming into tonight and you're like, I'm not a Christian, I'm not really religious, I'm not really spiritual, uh, I'd love for you to consider what it might look like for your time in college to have an open mind about The second commitment is if if you don't know uh, who Jesus is but you're intrigued and that story was interesting to you, um, somebody in our community would love to have a conversation about that with you. And so tonight your commitment is committing to have a follow up conversation with someone about Jesus. Uh, It doesn't mean you're going to become a Christian. It just means you're curious. We'd love to make that happen for you. The third commitment is is commitment to continue following Jesus I love this one because it, it's the first Friday night of college. Well, I guess y'all got your last Friday night. But uh, how cool would it be for our community to commit to continuing to follow Jesus uh, through the next four years, uh, and then and then coming alongside each other to help? Uh, and then so there's this little dotted line. Um, if you once you get through the top, the top is just for you. So it's gonna be for you to keep. But if you'd like to have some follow up there are some options. The first one is if you want to have a conversation about what this is and a varsity and getting just involved, looks like you can check that. If you if you check the commitment to want to have a conversation with someone about following Jesus, you can check the, I would love like, to have a conversation with someone about Jesus. If you want to join a small group, if you committed to following Jesus in college and you want to have, join a small group Bible study to further your faith, you can click that. Click, check that one. But if you're like, you know what, You want to write a nice note in the back? It's up to you. Um, And so we're going to just take a few minutes. Um, Nana might come up and share some things about reflection. Do you want to, or is that good? Okay. she's going to talk about how we can reflect. And then I'll come up and pray. So I hope that um, this semester is one that is marked with curiosity for you. Uh, I hope that this semester is one where uh, you step into deeper relationship with people, where you let yourself be fully known by Jesus, by the people around you. Uh, and I pray that if you have committed to following Jesus in college that, that you tell someone, and It's such a cool gift uh, to be able to experience life with Jesus, Um, get to taste some of that living water that he was talking about. Um, So I'd love to pray for us before we move back in worship. Jesus, thank you um, for this night. Thank you for each person you brought here, uh, that you intended to be here so that you could remind them that, again, that you see them, that you know them, that you love them, that you created them, that even though we turned our backs on you, God, that you still came and died for us. And that gift that you give us, that living water, we want to taste that. We pray that we might taste that more. I pray that as we continue to build communities here through small groups, through this large group gathering, that we might be able to share more and more about what you've done for us. How you have changed our lives. I pray that, uh, that more students here, William and Mary, might begin to know uh, who you are, Jesus. We love you. We worship you.